Okay, my, my, my subject uh, for this afternoon is uh, COVID-19 and the uncertain situation of Hong uh, and in China. Um, well, uh, I need to introduce certain uh, concepts uh, for the analysis of Hong uh, uh, situation in, uh, now. Uh, let's uh, start the, the concept like a polarity. Polarization, the polarization, uh, uh, the half life lifetime polarization. Uh, you need this concept to uh, to understand uh, the the situation of the Mingong uh, right now and the possible uh, of their uh, of the future, uh, the current plight and their future. Uh, yeah. Okay. Collaterals uh, uh, in Latin. Uh, is the probably less uh, class of ancient Rome belonging to the lowest class of citizen whose only contribution of, uh, to the state was their offspring, Pulet, uh, Pulet. So, so this term contains uh, the connotation uh, the of uh, reproduction, uh, class reproduction. Yeah. Uh, Pulatering, uh, now, as we know it uh, in Marxist uh, theory, uh, is uh, is something uh, that would be a political subject uh, that uh, are capable of uh, a revolution in the future. Uh, yeah, uh, Marx uh, studied Roman Roman law at the Frederick William University of Berlin. Uh, he he used the term proletarization. Okay, uh, if you uh, check it from Wikipedia, uh, it uh, uh, well, next page. Uh, it refers to the uh, social process whereby people move from being either an employer, unemployed, or self-employed to being employed as wage labor uh, by an employer. Uh, this definition actually, uh, which is quite true to some poor countries like the United States or Japan, uh, but uh, this is uh, uh, not uh, essential uh, to, to me. Uh, in terms of the downward uh, social mobility, because the uh, polarization was historically and ge uh, geographically uh, varied, uh, it not always involved downward mo mobility or becoming poor. Okay? Uh, I have several uh, many cases for for that, but uh, no time to get in. Um, okay, so. Uh, for Marx, the freedom of wage labor was uh, a two-side phenomenon. On the, on the one hand, these workers were freed from land, uh, from slavery, or the manorial uh, serfdom. Uh, they neither own nor control the means of production added to their own subsistence. On the other hand, they were juridical, uh, juridically free individuals able to enter voluntarily into an agreement to work for employment. Uh, so, in Marxism, the proletarization of labor is regarded as the most distinctive feature of capitalism. However, there are capitalist exploitation that I can do without it. For example, the colonial Africa. Uh, in colonial Africa, the peasant is, is possessed of land, uh, are not becoming wage labor, but, uh, but uh, turns into forced labor. Okay. Now, uh, we uh, turn to the uh, the first uh, significant prolet prolaterization 
in Europe as after, uh, in the aftermath of the Black Death. The Black Death swept through Europe, killing millions of people. Uh, this catastrophe resulted in a demographic shock, which uh, speeded changes of European economic and social structure. From a diminished working force and thus increased the wages for workers, many serfs abandoned the feudal manor and moved to towns and cities, seeking better opportunities. The flat peasant serf became workers and could demand more wages and rights. Uh, this led to a weakening of the manor system and a loss of power for feudal laws. Uh, Marxist historian Robert Brenner uh, argued that uh, well, they, you know, in the, in the West, uh, Western uh, Europe, uh, you see the process uh, you know, of uh, rising incomes and the end of serfdom. But uh, in the Eastern part of, uh, uh, of Europe, uh, you see uh, different reactions, uh, which is uh, such as like landlord uh, further constrain the rights of the peasantry. So this uh, lead to uh, the the, uh, the issue of the great divergence. Uh, now, you know, uh, there's a lot of scholars uh, doing the great divergence uh, study. Uh, uh, later, they refer to the Western Europe, uh, in Mughal, India, Qing, uh, China, the Islamic world, and the Tokugawa, Japan. But at first, uh, it, it first refers to the divergence of the Western uh, Europe particularly the Low Country, Netherlands, uh, Belgica, Flanders, uh, and England on one side, and the rest of the world. Uh, and these, uh, for example, have, have been uh, docu documented by data uh, to compare cities uh, in terms of the waves for uh, the skilled and unskilled workers. Cities such as Amsterdam, Antwerp, uh, and London had since uh, 1450 taken the lead of the real wages uh, of both, both of them in comparison to Paris, Valencia, uh, Florence, Istanbul, and many other cities. Uh, okay, uh, then we examine the trajectory of polarization in the world system after uh, 1945. Uh, according to uh, Emmanuel Wallerstein, uh, polarization of labor is one aspect of the developments of the capitalist world economy. Uh, but the transformation of the world economy as production since, uh, since uh, 1949 did not factor a sustained increase in food, food lifetime polarization. Instead, there was a, a worldwide broadening of part, life, part lifetime wage employment. Immigrations of corporate capital to non core, the peripheral uh, uh, regions and its search for semi-collateral uh, labor and household reserves arrested the full lifetime collateralization of household in the core countries and produced a similar structuring in the semi-peripheral regions. The under, uh, these underline the benefits to capital of the continual shrinking in full lifetime collateralization. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, these, uh, we have been uh, very familiar with uh, the contemporary work. Now we uh, come into Mingong. Uh, Mingong, the Chinese economy, uh, re economic reform and opening up started on December 1978 to attract foreign capitals to invest. 
This became the world's largest process of productization. Ningong are migrant workers in China who have been traveling from countryside to the cities uh, to the cities to work. According to the data from the uh, National Bureau of Statistics of China, the number of Ningong reached to 290 millions in uh, 19, uh, last year. Okay? But Ningong can only be semi-proletarian labor. They have no retirement pension, no right to autonomous union. Moreover, they are barred by China's hukou system from permanently residing in the municipality they work. China's hukou system, which is modeled on propiska in the Soviet Union, is a system of residence permit, householder registration, and migration control. This system prohibits people without a permit from permanently residing uh, in a city and deny their access to public services such as schools, hospitals, and other public facilities. So Ningong, who manufactured China a world factory, constructed the high-rise urban scene and provided chore service for big cities, remained themselves living precariously in the minimum rent, squalor, and overcrowding village in, the in cities. And upon municipal decree, they can be thrown out of the city they work at any moment with a stipulation issued only a few days beforehand. So Mingong and the Hukou system have illustrated not the good lifetime collateralization, but the part lifetime collateralization to the benefits of global capitals and the China in China Incorporated, I'm paying Ted Fishman's book title. Okay. Uh, here we have an uh, example of uh, uh, throwing out a low-end population from China's uh, major cities uh, you know, happened in the, uh, in the winter of uh, 2017. Uh, okay, uh, as an example to the last frame, I'm, I'm, I have no time to go into this. Okay? Uh, so, uh, so, this campaign has illustrated how the restriction of hukou system making possible that such eviction could occur recurrently and how precarious the lives of Mingong in the cities they were. Okay? Uh, Chui Yun, uh, I'm uh, brief, you know, this is a large, uh, it's the largest uh, migration uh, in, uh, uh, from uh, on, oh, yeah, here, okay. You can compare the figures with the uh, uh, United States Thanksgiving and other uh, other uh, uh, large migration on Earth. Uh, and and Chun Yun uh, is uh, uh, by okay. Chun uh, Yun uh, is more uh, counted or statistically counted uh, and reported uh, in terms of uh, train uh, train uh, railway railway transportation. Uh, Okay, here, okay, uh, see, uh, actually, uh, there's a huge army of uh, that they are returning their hometown, uh, you know, uh, uh, through by bicycles, uh, heavy packed loaded, see, whole family, this is a whole family of uh, four. And they are returning, if they are returning, for example, from uh, uh, Pearl River Delta, like uh, Canton, uh, and to the uh, neighboring uh, neighboring province, like uh, Hunan or Jiangxi, uh, 
they have to ride on bicycle for more than 30 hours to get back home. Okay, let's without uh, without. Okay, uh, next, next issue. The left behind children in China are children who will remain in rural regions of China while their parents leave to work in urban areas. In many cases, these children are, take, are taken care of by their extended family, usually by grandparents uh, or family friends who remain in the rural region. According to the United Nations uh, uh, Children's Foundation, uh, 2018 annual report, there are approximately uh, 69 million children left behind uh, by one of both, uh, one, uh, yeah, left behind, uh, which is equivalent to 30% of the children in rural area. Many of these children face developmental and emotional challenges as a result. Uh, the lacks of infrastructure, I mean rural, uh, rural villages, uh, infrastructure and parental support has led uh, to additional challenges for left-behind children, including quality education, physical well-being, and uh, healthy social relations. Okay, uh, this, I, I need to uh, spend a little bit of time on this. Sanghe, Great Law, Sanghe The term Sanghe uh, comes from the name of the largest human resources company in Longhua, uh, Longhua Shenzhen. Sanghe, Great Law, refers to a group of migrant workers living near the region. They live on no fixed places and live on part-time odd jobs with daily wages. Many of them are the left-behind children Burma. They lack education. Many even don't have a high school diploma. They have no skills to engage work such as a welder. They have no capital to open a shop or a, a, a breakfast store. Uh, unlike their parents, they are unable to withstand the long-term harsh work uh, environment, such as uh, working 11 hours a day, seven days a week uh, on assembly work. So some of these migrant workers uh, do not even have an ID card. I learned that many of them sold them, okay, are in debt and have uh, little contact with their families. If you lost your ID card or sold your ID card, you can't buy tickets or even leave the Sunday area. The definition of Sanford great laws uh, also has spiritual purpose, such as relaxed minded spirit that try to live on one day at a time without the fear of death, poverty, suffering, and dirt. Okay, uh, Sanford great law. Now, the term uh, Sanford great law has become a meme. Uh, one can find great law uh, in many of China's major cities. In 2020, because of the uh, COVID 19, their luck getting worse. No money, no job, no mask. Hometown, next issue. Hometown regionally is the case of, uh, and crimes. Uh, the Mingong often organize their daily life and work through informal networks and cliques with people from their hometown, especially when Mingong work on construction sites. Often the whole crew is from the same village. They use these networks to get financial help, emotional support, and information on the labor market. Actually, these kind of hometown regionalists uh, are also an issue in the earlier uh, Taiwan's uh, migration from uh, mainland China to Tian to Taiwan, but also is a, uh, a significant issue in uh, uh, Great Britain's uh, process of uh, politicalization. 
Also, coming from different provinces, the Mingdong need to overcome the resentment and prejudices among each other, which are based on different origins, language, and regional culture. For organizing struggles, some struggles, some of these social groups, groupings, based on the place of uh, origin, villages, or country, uh, evolved into mafia-like gangs capable of crimes such as murder. Uh, and a vicious example uh, is a group of uh, Mingong gangsters uh, coming from Mayang Hubei, uh, committed 17 murders from 1994 to uh, 1996 uh, around the Pearl River Delta cities. Uh, its uh, 13 members were arrested uh, and uh, tried, convicted, and uh, and then uh, nine of them sentenced uh, to death sentence uh, and executed uh, in January. Okay, uh, another issue: uh, wage misappropriation and arrears. Wage arrears. Uh, is by far the most important single course of labor dispute in China in past decades. It has been a chronic issue that the labor law framework established in the, uh, 2000 uh, to protect the workers has largely failed to resolve, or, or as a you know, uh, law in, in many China's uh, very, uh, you know, uh, not really uh, implemented. And the government's officials admit that. Okay? Uh, on one hand, the legacy issue plaguing the construction and manufacturing sector haven't been rooted out, and disputes over wage areas uh, keep occurring at high intensity. On the other hand, new economic sectors like e-commerce are following the same path. Behind, uh, uh, yeah, uh, in, uh, with, uh, well, according to, uh, okay, yeah, let, let's move on. Uh, here, uh, I'm, I'm watching many documentaries on this, and I just read uh, you know, a story of a uh, so-called context. Uh, imagine two weeks, two weeks before Chinese uh, Lunar New Year's, about uh, two, 20 or two, uh, up to uh, two, 200 workers at the gate of factory, demanding payments of half a year wage in arrears. No, man, no manager responded. Instead, Chengguan police are called to hold back, hold back the protesters. A female worker in her 50s cried with a begging tongue that her hometown family relied on her wage for living. The protesting workers persisted for a few days. Then, a group of gangsters appeared with a club in hand, club in hand and dispersed them. This common understanding of such a common case in the, is that like numerous uh, endemic cases of labor abuse, this case shows the collaborations of the factory owner, the police, the gangsters, and the political economy behind the scene. Okay, um, now, uh, 2020, uh, th that's my wide associ association. I'm, I'm, reading, uh, I'm reading Janet uh, Abu-Luka. Uh, so, uh, the, the champagne, champagne fairs, which has prospered for more than uh, two centuries, uh, were uh, visited by their, uh, you know, Italian uh, Genoa uh, and Venetian uh, merchant. Uh, the, the last visit is in 1350 the, on the high days of the plague. So, after, and after uh, this plague, uh, of course, there's uh, many other factors before them, but the, uh, the plague definitely break with the habits, the final break with the habits of the fair. So uh, after the plague, the Italian found new, a new way uh, 
of trade with Flanders, the towns of Champagne never recovered. I'm also observing the similar uh, fair, like Guangzhou Hui, Canton Fair, and EU, uh, EU's Shaosan uh, Min EU have been uh, dropped, slowly uh, declined since uh, 2014, and Guangzhou Hui uh, are slightly dropping since 2018. But th uh, this year, they run to a halt. And I, I'm, uh, I think it's worth, uh, worth uh, observing uh, whether the merchants will come back or, or you know, because, uh, because the, uh, the situation is changing. China's mingled shares the uncertain fate with the Canton Fairs and the EU markets. China has boasted of, of its world factory status and its world most complete supply chain, which are quite true until recent years, until 2020. Many countries and the companies are weaning themselves from China, thinking they need to diversify their supply chain. In times of, uh, in time of crisis, such as a global pandemic like now, dependency of foreign suppliers can become a threat to national security. The threat can be even more serious if a major supplier uh, emerges as a geopolitical rival. Anything deemed uh, a national security issue, including the medical pharmaceutical supply chain, uh, will be the first things to leave China. China's supply chain is breaking. We are witnessing its impact on the lives of uh, uh, 200 million Mingdong. Mingdong in 2020. Mingdong uh, returned. I'll give you a picture because I watched many uh, of their, their uh, V media, uh, v -media uh, report. Millions of uh, Mingdong returned to cities with their families after the Roman New Year's. However, unlike before, they find no job. Numerous foreign firms ha had shut down uh, their factories in the past few years when China's economic economy slowed down. The remaining factories find no orders this spring because of the pandemic. Unable to survive with, fa uh, with family in the, in the city, without work, they return to their hometown, leave their, uh, their wife, uh, wife and children uh, in the hometown, and some uh, will return to the city then alone, keeping searching for job. If no factory work, then odd jobs for daily wage. Factory wages are reducing. Uh, terms worsen. Un unemployment mingong, unemployed mingong, or anyone without a city hukou are uh, not counted by the national statistics of unemployment. But there are many V media with, uh, with YouTubers reporting the plights of the mingong. Losing job or finding no work becomes especially serious seeing Serious scenes around the Pearl River de Delta, uh, then to part of Zhejiang and the Yangtze River uh, Delta, where the foreign firms evacuated in recent years. And, okay, uh, I'm almost, almost done. Speculating Mingong's future, consider the magnitude of the Mingong now losing their semi proletarian livelihood. Now, the figure, because there's no uh, uh, exact uh, statistic on them, uh, the Economics are estimated from some uh, something. I mean, the unemployment Mingdong uh, are something from seventy million to two hundred million. Okay, one can only speculate their uncertain future, its impact to the survival of the party state regime, and the equal magnitude of its possible consequences on the world economy and world political scene. Okay, thank you.